Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. And that's in this episode i might swear lucy might cry and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website hello everyone welcome to the next in our special disabled sport series of episodes this paralympic season i just wanted to let you know before you go forward that our guest did have a little bit of trouble with her audio during the recording so it's not brilliant at some points if you can stick through it, the content's still really interesting and I think you'll really enjoy it. I also wanted to let you know that our guest is going to touch on some issues around mental health, including her history of an eating disorder and suicide attempts. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Labelled Podcast. This week we've got Gemma Steele, who is a runner who has got uh, autism and uh, ADHD, who's going to talk to us a little bit about what she's got going on and, and you know, how her uh, conditions kind of intersect together. So, Gemma, do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about, you know, your running career and what you've done with that? Yeah, I started off um, as a runner when I was like, yeah, 20 to be honest. I was a late starter with rope, like distance running. And um, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, it's something I was good at, you know, from a young age. Um, yeah, separate from my sister, really. So yeah. yeah, it was nice to have my own identity, really, and um, yeah, establish that a little bit, really. And yeah, I just wanted to be in the social side of it, really, to start off with, which I've struggled with all my life. And yeah, it was nice to just find a club that I actually gelled with and yeah, yeah, despite me Asperger's, but yeah, they were a nice sociable bunch. Yeah, they called themselves a running club with a drinking problem. So yeah, Hermitage Harriers, they were just, yeah, more of a social club really. Mm. And um, met my partner down there and uh, yeah, he was quite confident um, and he sort of yeah, put me in, on the right track, inspired me, motivated me. He was very loud and gregarious character, which was like <laughs> the opposite to me. So, yeah, brought me out of shell a bit and got me involved in the races. So, yeah, I've got him to thank for that, really, because I didn't have any confidence at the time. So, yeah, yeah, despite his faults, he was <laughs> very good, <laughs> really, in that respect. Yeah. It'll be particularly interesting for our listeners that um, we've got Gemma on because we have previously had Gemma's twin sister Louise on um, and Louise came on and talked to us about performing and singing. So I think it's very interesting that you've both, um, you know, pursued these activities that kind of put yourself out there. You know, they're, they're quite um, sort of full on activities, but, mm. you know, very different. Louise's is, is very, you know, it's about her voice. It's about performance and dressing up and stuff. And, yeah. and yours is, you know, it's, it's all about running. And what does running mean to you? 
Well, it means everything really. It was life defining, to be honest. It saved me in a way from, yeah, 18. I was really struggling. I you know, had a suicide attempt then, which wasn't good. And um, wow. yeah, I yeah, was trying to find my identity, basically. Mm-hmm. I was lost mm-hmm. through that. And uh, yeah, joined the running club when I was 19. And so yeah, turned it all turned it around for me, really. And my running. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, the plan wasn't to be a world-class athlete. I just wanted to be a social, you know, to find my place really in society and have that sense of purpose, which the running gave me. But you have done competitive running, haven't you? You've kind of, you've accomplished some pretty impressive things with your running. Yeah, yeah. It just went from strength to strength, really. (laughs) Not accidental, but it was basically, oh, I've gone from being a club runner to world-class, beating Paula Ratcliffe. (laughs) <laughs> and could you be athlete and yeah on the verge of yeah did you start running as a you know in order to to help with your mental health side of things was that the the the, the main reason how did you how did you find running did somebody suggest it or did you do the couch to 5k and actually think to yourself actually do it you know going for a run what made mm. you think i'm gonna go, try running because as somebody, as somebody who doesn't run, I, it wouldn't be the first one on my list, you know, can't run. It wouldn't be yeah. the first thing on my list to go, no, that, that, that'll help. Oh, so, you see, I get it because I, I, yeah. I do, I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself a runner like Gemma, but I, no. I do like to do that kind of, there's something about switching off and just running. I really like mm. it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think because you let your feet do the talking, basically. And because I struggled that much with my communication, yeah. I think with the running, you just have to get out there, put your trainers on. <clears throat> it's such a simple act, but it just, mm. yeah, it just helps you get to focus. It gives you a sense of purpose. Um, yeah, it just helped me, really. <laughs> like, that was the main thing to function, to be honest. Mm. A lot better. So, yeah. it's, al- it's almost like it sort of calms, it flicks that switch in your head and you, you calm down you know, the mm. busyness. So again, yeah, because I, I do a lot of meditation mm. and I didn't think when I started, uh, when I learned, well, you know, when I started to learn how to meditate, I thought I'm not going to be able to do this because my brain is constantly like on the go. But um, mm. I actually found that once I learned, once I mastered the art of sitting still and not worrying about whether I was, whether my brain was actually thinking Mm. Um, and how to deal with that it really helped me you know when I'm in a lot of pain and things like that it helps Um, Mm. so I can imagine that running does exactly the same for you too it kind of like just calms the mind a bit and just gives you a bit of peace does it yeah yeah it's like a coping mechanism it shuts down all my you know endless worrying and Mm. little niddling things that go through your mind and when I finish running everything just seems yeah less less important feel and better easier <laughs> makes yeah. life more manageable really and i think mm. oh, done that that's the main thing out of the way and i can think a lot clear more clearly afterwards and mm. function a lot better <laughs> so yeah so that um sort of you know talking about anxiety and worry is that mm. how your adhd kind of manifests for you is it is it an anxiety thing or is there mm. more to it than that i don't have adhd so i don't <laughs> You know, I don't understand what it's like kind of in your head. Tell us a little mm. bit about what that's like. Well, it's like a double-edged sword, really, because I, I, I thrive off the anxiety. I, I work off the anxiety a little bit and uh, the adrenaline. 
and sometimes I have to get myself into that stressed state to actually get things done. So, yeah, really? all of a sudden, oh, last minute, oh, I've got to do this rather than I'm planning it rationally and yeah. um, I can get it all sorted gradually. Yeah, I have to do it all in one go at the last minute. So, yeah, with running, it's just like you put your trainers on, you get out the door. That's the hard bit for me, actually putting the trainers on. <laughs> yeah, getting this, you know, the preparation. Well, it's not much preparation to be honest, but yeah, you just put your trainers on, get out the door, and run basically. Mm. So, mm. yeah, and the ADHD, yeah, it's good for people with ADHD because it just, yeah, it's a simple thing, mm. unless people complicate it for you when you, you know, marathons and getting gels together and getting drinks sorted and things like that. But yeah, um, it is, and it is simple activity. So, yeah, anyone can do it. And, yeah, basic form of exercise. So, it works yeah. for me yeah I think it's interesting though Alice because we were we've said in previous episodes you know how exercise even though you might not like the thought of it mm. having you know doing exercise and whatever kind of exercise whether it's like uh, alongside somebody as in a physio helping you assisting you to do exercise mm. or going and doing it yourself even you might feel absolutely shit whilst you're doing it because it's horrible mm. and you hate every second of it which is yeah. me but then mm. once I've done it I feel so much better I mean I'm mm. knackered but I feel better and I think I think because I think for me when 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 I'm my, when my body's not in pain and my mind's not worrying about things and I'm calm that helps me far more than you know when I'm not had any exercise I've got stiff because my joints are hurting it just mm. really does sort of soothe me a little bit and yeah. it helps again with my anxiety because I worry about the smallest little things I wake mm. up at like two o'clock in a panicking um mm. but I know that if I can calm myself down I, mm. I'm, I'm more or less all right so is, is there like a, a specific activity that you think okay I need I need some adrenaline I'm gonna other than running mm. that you think I, I need some adrenaline to get this done I'll go and make myself anxious by logging onto facebook for a bit because let, let me tell you that i get that all the time and i haven't got adhd mm. I get, like mm. how can i make myself more anxious and self-loathing i know mm. all of them twitter um mm. that kind of thing um yeah, yeah. So, so is there any specific activity that that sort of give you the impetus to get stuff done um don't really know headline <laughs> maybe never losing, it, losing my sponsorship when I had it you know running right. um, getting um, yeah just little things that I have to that motivate me oh, I've got to mm. do this otherwise I'll lose my sponsorship or yeah oh my coach won't be happy with me you know um, triggers like that really would make me anxious but obviously I've you know, not got that anymore so no it's a relief in some ways but I do need that person to push me uh, to push my buttons also on all of yeah because um, ADHD is very hard to get your brain to to want to do something to motivate yourself and um, yeah because you want that reward straight away um, mm. the dopamine levels and, and that's why yeah. where running um, comes in and also the Facebook where oh, got a like here and there and yeah, <laughs> that's yeah that keeps me going motivation wise as well but yeah I've not got that at the minute so <laughs> yeah that's sort of dwindled a bit <laughs> since I was hacked but yeah 
yeah, I do rely on a lot of things to, to help me motivate myself. But it's getting easier, hopefully. So it's like having, so it's having positive reinforcement and something mm. positive that mm. it's like earning a reward for, really. Yeah, yeah, and you get that medal at the end a lot of the time in running. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, you get that reward at the end. Keep your yeah. eye on the prize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got all them on display, so I keep them yeah, have you? Me, me, uh, all my medals and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, you just have to keep reminding yourself, yeah. And is that sort of how your ADHD sort of manifests for you? It's about, um, you know, finding, uh, like, needing to work to a reward because otherwise you get distracted or otherwise you get sort of overwhelmed tell us a little mm. bit about what you know what 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 goes on in your head when you're in those situations uh, yeah I think it's just prioritizing a lot of things that I find hard it just all becomes a tangled mess really sometimes mm-hmm. if, I, if I don't take a step back and think rationally about things otherwise I'd just be like mm freak out <laughs> so yeah mm. i don't know if that's normal for most people but yeah that's this morning oh, oh, get the laptop, you know just, yeah i think people can relate i haven't yeah. got adhd and i am like that i have to get myself organized mm. before way in advance before i do anything mm. so this podcast i have to make sure everything's set up and ever it's easy reach and i'm not because mm. if i feel flustered i get panicked and mm. if i panic i'm not going to get you're not going to get the best out of me so i have to make sure mm. i'm super organized you wouldn't know that i'm super organized though Alice, would you? Cause I'm like, <laughs> i was just gonna say it like i'm i don't know if it's a like if it's something that's just an inherent part of my personality or if it's something that's kind of happened because of my experience and my disability but I'm not an organized person I'm not like I've always I said this to Lucy before like I'm just a blagger I'm just a mm-hmm. like we'll just go in <laughs> and see what happens yeah. and I don't know if it's because that's my personality or if it's just you know that I've spent 30 years of perhaps being super super prepared and mm. still falling over something because mm. I didn't think it. And so my brain's just gone, fuck it. Why waste all, you know, spend yeah. all the spoons and super prepared mm. to then be like for it to just go wrong anyway. So now I'm mm. just like, fuck it. We'll just roll up and see what happens. Yeah. Because I think if I try and prepare too much, that's what gives me anxiety. Overthinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I just think, well, I can do this, but then it, what if this happens and what if this goes wrong? And mm. well, this is it. Yeah, they tried to get me to do the marathon, so I was put on funding to do the marathon, and the marathon yeah. is a super organised preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you've got to get everything spot on, and yeah, it just wasn't going to work for me. <laughs> but obviously, they didn't yeah. know I had ADHD at the time. No, yeah. so I was only diagnosed. Um, a couple well this last year was it this year last year or this year i can't remember yeah um so yeah it was yeah basically you've got the fitness you've got physically capable but at the end of the day my mind wasn't mm. suited to running the marathon yeah so, so yeah I'm, it's an I'd invisible like disability um yeah. basically <laughs> and yeah they didn't realize it at the time just because i was fit physically fit and able to do it and they tested me in the lab at Liverpool 
same genetics as Paula Ratcliffe, you know, <laughs> lactic acid yeah. threshold and VO2 max. But yeah, the missing bit, bit that was you know, missing was the, the, the mind because the marathon's all in the mind, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, so, I completely understand yeah. that. Mm. So when you were diagnosed with ADHD, did it kind of all make sense? Did everything all make sense? Did you think, oh, so that's what that is? You, you know, like, mm. did you think yeah. to yourself, what a relief now that, now that I know and other people know that there's a reason to yeah. why I get why I'm so focused on reward as the you know like the the, the key thing did it all sort of make mm. sense yeah yeah because I just thought oh god I'm just a scatterbrain I'm just like mm. <laughs> yeah blonde bimbo sort of thing <laughs> you know <laughs> but I mean I used I don't like to use it as an excuse but yeah, I don't mind telling people, to be honest. I'm not pretty open about it now. Yeah. Don't, oh, it's just me ADHD, you know, <laughs> lost my keys. Oh, people just accept it now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to say, oh, I'm just, uh, you know, scattered brain <laughs> all the time. And... You don't have to make excuses for it now because people understand that you've got this extra sort of support need. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then they, they help me more then and they say, oh, do you want yeah. me to carry something for you? Or oh, do you want me to help you, organise you? Like yesterday in my interview, I've got about three, four medals with me and a couple of Great Britain jackets trying to juggle everything. And they said, mm. oh, do you want me to help you carry those when I told him? Mm. And they understood more then, I think, when I lost yeah. my keys. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, yeah. there, is, there is great power, isn't there, in, I think, sort of owning you know that the fact that you've got a support need or you know you have got additional needs i think that a lot of some people are they, they, they don't want to sort of make a big thing about it but i think on the other flip side of that coin is you know there is a lot of power in being able to say look you know i do find some things difficult because it, it's 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 kind of like it's getting it out in the open. It's the elephant in the room, rather than people thinking, "Oh, they're a little bit weird," kind mm. of thing. It's it's mm. getting it out in the open and and sort of explaining it, and then everybody's put at ease, then aren't they? Really, rather than thinking, "Well, there's something not quite right about Gemma, or there's something not quite right about Alice, or Lucy's mm. a bit odd." Because I mean, people think I'm a little bit odd. Mm. Um, but when you tell, when you say, I mean, my disability is very visible. But yeah. I don't know what it's like for you to, you know, mm. um, when you say, oh, you know, I've got, uh, you know, such and such an impairment. Mm. Is it that kind of we can get on with the rest of we can get on with the rest of what we've got to get on with today? And you don't have to sort of tip, tiptoe around the issue and hide it, because I suppose hiding it is a job in itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, I don't see the point really because I think people can get hurt, offended or hurt by some of the things that are comments and or if I don't reply to people straight away like, on a message and I don't have to say, oh, you know, I'm being ignorant. Um, I just mm. say, oh, sorry, I can't process that as quickly as what you want me to. I'll yeah. reply straight away because um, of my Asperger's or ADHD or whatever. So if people don't get offended then and, you know, not hurting people's feelings as much. So no. it's, it's good to get, you know, say, it's not my fault sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's kind of a two-sided coin because, you know, Lucy, you you have those experiences where you have to go through the slightly awkward bit of people kind of recognising that you've got a need and then kind of going, oh, what do I need to do? 
And when I think you've got an invisible disability, you have to do you have to do the awkward bit of going, actually, I've got a disability and telling people, but mm. then also having to have that second awkward conversation of them going, well, what does that mean I have to do? Yeah. You know, so it is a, there is kind of, I can almost see that there is an element to having such a visible disability as yours, that people will immediately go, oh, I need to be aware. Whereas when you've got an invisible disability, people don't recognize it as often. And, you know, people f kind of forget and mm. we'll do things and say things and you sort of go um yeah. you know <laughs> i'm 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 right here let's let's not <laughs> yeah 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 and with me being an athlete as well and being successful i think people don't realize the struggles that i go through because they're just mm. saying, i'm superhuman you know i can take mm. it on and do it anything you know <laughs> and really that's not the case because i've sort of have to compensate for it with my running and I have to do a lot of coping mechanisms to to have achieved the success that I have done <clears throat> and basically I'm trying to overcompensate with with this you know ability that I've got mm. and I'm not they're not seeing it as a disability they're seeing it as a, you know what I see as an, an ability really mm. so um yeah it's it's funny really <laughs> yeah no I think it's really interesting you know to hear what you were saying about you know people encouraging you to run a marathon but you saying you didn't have the kind of the, the mental mm. sort of capacity to to do it mm. and you know the way you talked about it and the way you told that story it wasn't a I wanted to run a marathon I mm. this was my dream yeah. you know I I would like to do a marathon I've challenged myself that I'm going to run a marathon before I'm 35 so I'm going to have to run it within the next 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> I am not ready. So that, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, it's something I really want to do for myself. And I know it's going to be grueling and yeah. hard, but it's something, and you, I think you have to want to do that to put your body through something like that. You have to want to do it. Mm. And I think, you know, the way you were saying that you, you didn't feel as though you were kind of had the headspace for it. Mm. It's and it's then really interesting to hear you kind of say, well, actually, you know, my your your ADHD is kind of what fuels you to work to those successes and rise to those challenges. Mm. But it, you're also kind of aware enough to go, well, you know what? Sometimes actually, my ADHD is the thing that means maybe I can't do this particular thing yeah and you know how do you do you, do you feel like that has had an impact on kind of your relationship with your ADHD and the way you feel about it or do you still sort of embrace it and feel like actually this is my superpower yeah in a ways I feel like I fail <laughs> I fail that you know because they want you know marathon is was the be all and end all at one point it was like do a marathon you won't get in the olympics otherwise and the mm. marathon's the only thing that matters sort of thing so yeah my coach yeah she couldn't really accept it really <laughs> that i couldn't get my head around it i kept saying i can't get my head around it a mm. marathon they were like oh you just have to get your body around it <laughs> but mm. yeah I, I don't think they understood my condition and the awareness they didn't have the awareness of yeah, they knew something wasn't quite right, but yeah, and I struggled. But yeah, 
and without my diagnosis, yeah, they still do. Still think they don't accept. They don't accept it that I'm not capable. <laughs> I'm not using it as an excuse. It's just the fact that I, I find it very hard to mm. keep my attention for that long, and mm. to prepare. It's not something I, I see as my strength really. I think I think it's hard because you can't with something like a marathon. You can't separate mm. the like the physical preparation you have to put your body through mm. to yeah. do something like that. Like yeah. there's an element of sort of practical organization of you know making sure you've got drinks and making sure that you've got support and all of those things but there is also an element of going 26 26 miles Mm. (laughs) that's a lot yeah like yeah but it's like the last six miles are the ones that you need to really you know energy you're just running on your own own mental mindset really aren't you yeah i can focus when i want to but yeah it's just hard to maintain it <laughs> yeah like I said, for 26 miles <laughs> yeah I wish I'd done a bit of research because I don't know you know the Paralympics what if the what what you tend what you tend to see is you know people with physical difference mm. but actually you know I think that there is there there ought to be a category there for um you know ADHD and Asperger's and things like that because you you are impaired in your ability to undertake sport but you're Mm. still actually very capable sports people and you know I think it would be really interesting you know they do they do wheelchair marathons why could they not do an autistic marathon I think they do do a special they do do a special olympics I think I think yes they um, tried to actually try to look into it for me which, really? yeah, I was like, okay, because <laughs> I've achieved yeah. so much, you know, just running against world-class people, mm. <laughs> you know, um, running 68 and a half marathon and 31 and a half 10 k's, you know, I'd just been oh, yeah. like miles ahead of everyone, like, I think the, the world record is 120, 120 something for, like, someone with Asperger's or something for half marathon or well, it's not wow. super quick, so I'd be like miles ahead. <laughs> mm. But I think you have to, yeah, I think you have to have them sort of like an IQ of less than sort of seventy or something, <laughs> which I'm not sure I'd qualify for. I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, and that's, I, th- I, I think that's know. kind of mm. the point I'm making mm. is that that's you know there's, especially with autism spectrum disorders, it's a spectrum, mm. and to you know you get I can high understand. functioning high functioning yeah. low functioning so yeah if you've got it you've got it and yeah i don't think you should say mm, i've got it mild or i've got it yeah because trying to function with high, you know high functioning doesn't mean to say that you know just because you can cope with it doesn't mean to say that you don't struggle does it absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah so because i cope with it and i've achieved everything i have it doesn't mean to say it's been easy for me far from it far from it yeah, yeah I think that's the thing that we you yeah. see a lot in you know a lot of disabled people and it kind of overlaps with the the stuff about being an inspiration that Lucy hates so much is that yeah. there's there's <laughs> that question of you know people people will say to you oh you're such an inspiration because you're in a wheelchair and you managed to get a job and you know put yeah. your makeup on and get out the house yeah. and actually that you shouldn't be inspirational for that, but you should. Mm. It should be recognised that 
oh, yeah. having a disability does make stuff like that more difficult. It does, you. yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, even for me, just putting my yeah. makeup on, getting dressed in the morning is hard work yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Putting the right oh. trainers on and, yeah, not getting things mixed up and, uh, yeah, things like that. For me, it's a very fine line, I think, between people not realising how much effort goes into get, getting me up in the morning, getting me showered, getting me dressed, getting my, you know, making myself look nice, making mm. myself look, making sure I've not dropped any food down me before I go out of the house, which happens mm. all of the time, yeah. all of the time. Um, uh, and that, so there's a fine line of people not even, not even registering with people that it's taken like a, a small village to get me up in the morning. Mm. Um, mostly down to my mother, to be fair. My mother is an angel. Um, mm. And then the other, thing, then you've got the other side of the of the coin where everybody thinks I'm an in, inspiration just for getting up and breathing. You know, yeah. um, it's very difficult because I, I like it's not that I it's not that I don't want people to recognise that some things are a struggle, but at mm. the same time, I don't want you to make a big song and dance about it. I, no. I want you to to acknowledge it that yeah. oh yeah okay. Because I think a lot of people see, like, Lucy sat in a wheelchair and go, yeah, that's Lucy, she's all right, she sat down. Mm. But there is a lot that other people don't see. And I, I suppose, Gemma, it's the same. Well, I suppose it's the same for all of us, really, that, that people don't yeah, see yeah. the hidden side. People would laugh if they knew, like, oh, I struggled to get up in the morning and <laughs> struggle to put my, you know, sort what clothes I'm actually going to wear that day and yeah. make mm. an actual decision because yeah at the end of the day I'll just chuck something on <laughs> the last minute mm. I won't plan it I'll just be like mm. oh I woke up like this yeah <laughs> like yeah but yeah. but yeah it does take that extra effort and, mm. which probably people take for granted yeah yeah, yeah. well I think mm. that was sort of what I was saying about you know mm. some kind of Paralympics where actually it recognizes that although you may physically be you know at the top of most runners games mm. you do have this extra need that makes completing a marathon harder for you and is that not the point of the Paralympics that mm. you'll be you're able to demonstrate that you can compete on a world-class level yeah but that's you have to have certain adaptations because of your disability yeah, yeah, I think they have done things like that for me in the past, like made a bit of an exception, like at the Great South Run when I wanted a, a bottle given to me. And mm. um, yeah, but I don't know, they'd, no one knew about obviously my Asperger's or ADHD, but I think they just thought, because mm. they're quite familiar with me, they made a bit of a. Yeah. Just being a diva. Well, yeah, they thought, oh, you've been a bit of a diva, yeah. <laughs> Oh, can I get a, my special bottle sorted? Yeah, because <laughs> it'll help me. Because it gives me that motivation, that little bit of extra boost. It probably didn't give me an advantage; it just gave me that sort of mental boost, you know. Yeah. In ten miles, you don't really need a drink. But I always call it a disability rider. You know, like how Mariah Carey will have a rider, and it's like I want fourteen mm. white kittens and mm. only the red M and M's. I'm yeah. a bit like, <laughs> oh, yeah. when, I, when I get there, please, I would like a ramp and I would like somebody to greet me at the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can do that, yeah. <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. And there is yeah. no there's no shame in it. Like, I've no. been to the hairdressers this morning and yeah. we always make a joke that because I can't, my, when I sit in the basin to have my hair washed, to wash the hair dye off my hair, um, mm. I can't put my feet on the floor. So mm. they put um, 
the kiddies cushion that the kids sit on to like raise their height they put that under my feet Ooh. and they call it the mariah carey stool because i'm like can i have that please under my feet because i can't put my feet on the floor oh. that kind of thing. i'm just and there's no nobody bats an eyelid but we call oh, it the no. mariah carey stool oh. um it's, it's just you know make it there's no shame in making your needs known before you do anything there's no shame yeah. in that at all and yeah. and you know, if people go, if people want to have issue with it, well, then you talk to me about it. I'll tell you exactly why I need it. That kind of thing. Mm. It's, mm. You know, and I don't come into contact with people going, well, no, we can't do that because it's unfair to everybody else. I'm not mm. asking you to make special dispensation because I am the Mariah Carey of Staffordshire. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not just doing it for the hell mm. of it. You're doing it because you've got a need. It's mm. um, I'm doing this qualification thing with work at the moment, and um. My team leader is amazing and very supportive of my disability. And she has gone off to HR and said, you know, Alice is coursework and stuff. She's going to need a bit of extra time. Mm. And um, and HR were like, mm, oh, I think she can manage to do all of this work with an extra 25% time. And mm. I'm, I'm going to take it and I'm going to do it. But I wanted to sort of go back to this woman and go, yeah, you know what, love? you have my eye condition for a week and see how much extra fucking time you need to mm. get basic stuff done. Mm. I'm The only reason I can do it in 25% extra is because I'm used to doing it and I've been doing it every single day. You'd have the shock of your fucking life if you had to live with my condition. Mm. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of a, the thing is that people, people see us just, just living our lives and doing things and don't realise mm. that, you know, we have put so much extra work into it. So mm. much. It's so much that it's so knackering sometimes. You think, oh, God, give me a break. Just give me one leg while I just walk around this park for a bit, will you? <laughs> so that kind of... Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's because of that that I think sometimes it can tip you over the edge a bit and you think, oh, mm. I have yeah, anything. Don't, just, give me, just give me a break, please. Yeah. Bit of, yeah. Happy, bit of help, please, from somebody. Yeah, but people just think, oh, yeah, struggling. But some people I see struggling. Mm. I don't know mm. because yeah, everyone struggles in a way. But um, yeah, because I have a laugh about it, and they don't seem to take it seriously sometimes. That I am really struggling because I sort of laugh it off. I laugh it off a bit, and I'd rather cope with it myself and try with them rather than ask for help sometimes. Mm. Do you feel that yeah. having a sense of humour helps? Sometimes, yeah, because I, I can yeah. laugh at myself a lot of the time and go oh, on scatty. And yeah, it's, yeah, it does help. You, you have to have mm. a sense of humor with it. You think it's a bit of a defense mechanism? <laughs> it is, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't want people to think, well, oh, I'm like a victim of it, really. Because mm, I've yeah. been so successful and, yeah, it's quite embarrassing, really. In a way, it's, yeah, some of the things I do, it's embarrassing. I've got no common sense half the time either. So, yeah, you just have to laugh, really. I had a job at a factory when I was 19, and mm. I sort of couldn't cope with the, being a teacher, like being standing there with a belt, passing things. And yeah. I wanted to do it all myself, and um, I was trying to take over a little bit. And, <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't sort of like it, and I had a girl that sort of, you know, I think we ended up throwing paint at each other. <laughs> it was a paint okay. factory. Right. And, uh, yeah, we uh, had a bit of a... The tip and uh, 
yeah, I couldn't cope in that sort of environment. No. And even McDonald's, trying to get all the till orders right and remember things, multitasking, I couldn't do yeah. it. So I thought, well, that's embarrassing, you know. I've got A-levels, I've got GCSEs, but I can't do basic things like this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I ended up with a cleaning job in the end at the Cocktoke, which I could cope with a couple of hours yeah. a week. Yeah. But even then, it was like got my boss sneaking up on me because I was so quiet and had a little mouse and then uh, yeah I just used to sneak up and go boo like that <laughs> and it used to I was like oh I've got a bit of a nervous difficulty <laughs> and then yeah that's I just ended up quitting my job and I qualified for England for the first time after that so it was a bit like <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah I went from being a cleaner in a pub to running for England so <laughs> I sort of yeah it was nice to think yeah the cleaners the cleaners done well yeah definitely as my mom says there's different types of clever and just because you know you you can be you can be book clever and then there's the other sort of clever which is you know which is what I think people with disabilities are very good at they're very good at adapting to situations and Mm. um, it's completely untapped by most people you know most most companies and stuff they are it's completely untapped that potential to that yeah. disabled people have got. They just see Definitely. they just see as somebody as like, oh, they've got additional needs. Yeah. They're going to need more support. They're going to cost us mm. more money. They yeah. don't yeah. look at the they don't look at the flip side of the coin that okay, no. this person's in a wheelchair and can bring a whole wealth of experience from a completely different angle we've never mm. thought about. I mean, yeah. the amount of job interviews I've been to in the past where. Oof. Don't talk about job interviews. I've not been to many interviews. Not to <laughs> you must have done quite a lot of other telly. interviews. I'll talk, <laughs> talking about running, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in an interview for a job, I think I'd struggle, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just with me. Yeah, anxiety. And mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I say, in this pandemic, I think, yeah, with the jobs, I think as people with Asperger's are quite people that are actually the ones that are helping the most keeping the jobs because with not being able to socialize as much you know they're the ones that are keeping us going really they're like postmen you know people that are working through the night engineers trying mm. to work on the vaccines and things like that and yeah um people with asperger's are more valuable i'd say at the minute <laughs> because Definitely. because they don't have to so they're like they haven't got mm. social skills so they're not going to be you know we're going to be isolated anyway so we're not going to be you know socializing are we so people someone's got to do it yeah sort of you're not you're not they just get on with it more get on with it rather than socializing aspect which is more valued in society these days um how sociable you are yeah. People with Asperger's and stuff like that aren't necessarily bothered about what Sandra did at the weekends. Do you know what I mean? No, they, they, yeah, they, they don't want the yeah. sort of, just give me the job, I'm going to do it, then I'm going to go home. Like that kind yeah. of. That's it, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they don't get distracted by small talk, they just get on with it. You know, they'll get it done, get the job done. Whereas, mm. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You can tell just by the way you're talking about it that you just have no interest in that at all. You're just like, no, I don't care what you were doing at the weekend. Not really. I find it all on on Facebook anyway. (laughs) (laughs) People probably put more on Facebook than they'll tell you in real life, if I'm honest, because they've they've got no filter because they're not actually stood in front of somebody telling Mm. them 
all their dirty laundry they are writing it down and they think it's fine nobody's going to read this then actually when they discover it's gone viral and they're all Mm. disciplinary (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so um yeah i think at the end of this pandemic hopefully people with asperger's will be better thought of really because people are realizing that it's not all about the entertainers and the, the people that are out there and you know extroverted is it? It's mm. all about just get things done really. mm. needed a minute so Gemma you talked to, it's interesting to hear you sort of talk about that being an introvert because I think a lot of people associate ADHD with those kind of kids that are off the wall and always go in and mm. and you know are very center of attention mm. because of their behavior yeah. um, but then obviously for you coupling that with your Asperger's you find kind of communication and socializing is is difficult for you what's sort of how do you feel like your the the two conditions kind of intersect with each other <laughs> I don't know it's a weird combination really <laughs> <laughs> in a way yeah I like to be the center of attention in a way but yeah I, I do struggle with yeah. communication because I, I get caught out a lot of the time yeah and if too many people are talking at the same time I can't you know, deal with that and, um, yeah, yeah, it's weird, really. I've got, I think I've got more the ADD, like rather than the hyperactive. I think yeah, it's more of the ADD space, rather than space. It's space, space, space out more things. Yes. Rather than go like going to moon world sort of thing, rather than the hyperactive one. Yeah, I've never been destructive or no. um, or anything like that at school. I've always been the quiet one, like in the corner, basically. Never. And I suppose you've got. A- you've got a very interesting situation with you know having your sister your twin sister there who's also got Asperger's but Mm -hmm. doesn't have the ADHD sort of element of it so or the ADD element of it so you've kind of almost got that comparison of well this is this is what Louise is like and this is what Gemma is like and Gemma's got this Mm. you know how much do you think the differences between you and Louise are about your ADD or about just your personality and you being different people? Um, yeah, I think my ADD sent me in the direction of my running, really. I think that's probably mm. the reason why Louise doesn't run and I do, in a way, because yeah, mm. cause I do it to help me function, really, as well. Mm. And I've got mm. that competitiveness, but Louise doesn't seem to have that um, as much. But yeah, if she wanted to, she could probably be, you know, one of the best runners at like me you know but she doesn't want to what what do you think about louise's singing is that something you think you'd want to do yeah i like singing on the karaoke but i can't really write my own songs or anything that's just just (laughs) (laughs) that sort of deepness of meaning with the lyrics and everything i can't really yeah Yeah. can't relate to that very much i mean i did a bit of poetry at school but um yeah i can't really i don't know how she does that really (laughs) So you um you mentioned sort of quite early on that you'd had some problems with your mental health and stuff mm, like that. Yeah. How do you think that has? Because I know you said these were before you'd had your diagnosis, but mm. sort of on reflection, do you, how do you feel like, um, you know, the Aspergers and the ADD fit in with that mental health and the depression that you've experienced? Yeah, the Asperger's were very, very bad when I was like, a teenager. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. speak to anyone, really. 
I wouldn't know how to make mm. the conversation. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't know and you think, wouldn't know you think that fed into the kind of the mental health, feeling isolated and lonely? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm. I mean, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make this conversation save my life, really. Mm. Without even with Louise, yeah, with Louise, there I could sort of feed up it a little bit, but yeah, I was always the quiet one, mm. didn't really have any opinion on anything. Yeah, it's quite sad, really. I felt like a bit of a shadow, like I was there, but not really there, you know. Mm. Yeah, I know, so, yeah, quite sad, sad times, really. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, I had eating disorders as well. Um, not didn't help um, getting losing a lot of weight and stuff, um, which was obviously to do with my identity, trying to get my own identity and uh, trying to mm -hmm. fit in, yeah, trying to look the part, good, good sort of thing in society. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's hard, really hard. Mm, I, I, didn't know why. I didn't know why. <laughs> Why do I feel like this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah awful. Do, and looking back, do you think, you know, do you think you would have had more of an understanding if you'd had your diagnosis? Do you think that would have helped you more? Or do you think, you know, was that that, that uncertainty about your identity and that, that need to kind of fit in? Because, you know, teenage girls do, you know, are are the demographic for people who have eating disorders, and mm. you know, it's not every teenage girl that has an eating disorder doesn't also have ADD or, uh, you know, Aspergers. Mm. Do you think if you'd had your diagnosis, it would have made those thoughts and that experience make more sense to you, or do you think it it was? Do you think the the incidents are sort of linked, or do you think actually it's it's quite separate and? your Asperger's kind of just compounded the the sort of loneliness and isolation element of the mental health issues? Um, yeah, I think I, I was trying to get to the bottom of it for a long time, yeah, and we couldn't find the answers why I was like that the way I was. <laughs> and we tried to get to the bottom of it and yeah, we didn't, obviously I didn't get any answers till I was a few years ago, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, really. I wish I'd have known sooner, because then I would have been able to say, yeah, it's not your fault, your fault, Gemma. You're not just weird. You're not just, you know, failure, fail, failing at things, and you know, there's a reason for it, and you know, <clears throat> the reason why you can't just make a conversation easily. And yeah, mm. the teachers would have known more at school as well because yeah, yeah they tried to pick on us a lot because we didn't put a hand up at school in the class and things mm. like that. Um, I won't say boo to a goose, I won't want to volunteer an answer and yeah, we got singled out a bit for that and told mm. off quite a lot um, by one of our teachers and it's quite yeah <laughs> bullying well, she was a bit of a bully really. Um, which wasn't very nice and um, yeah, we were a bit yeah, I thought it was all my fault, you know. And then when you go into school as well and you don't really have any idea about fashion or fitting in, like everyone will be going to school with um, their um, next bags, carrier bags and the latest trainers. Mm. There in your high-tech <laughs> trainer <laughs> with an Audi carrier bag. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, things like that really, where you just think, oh, you target for bullies, but we had each other, but um, maybe we um, but 
yeah, all the other girls were more conscious of that. Mm. We've got these fringes as well, like <laughs> haircuts and things at school. Um, but yeah, I didn't know any differently. <laughs> I have I have seen there's a brilliant picture floating around of uh, Gemma and Louise at school look like these a little bit like twins from The Shining with their sort of their dark hair and their fringes that we'll uh, we'll have to put up on Instagram as and when these episodes go out yeah. so that people have a bit of an idea of what Gemma's talking about. Yeah, we were uh, yeah we yeah we weren't exactly glamorous back then <laughs> oh, I, honest, I think it was a midnight I don't think anybody was really that glamorous to be honest no um, and I think we've all had a dodgy fringe haircut at, oh, you know, God. at some stage as, as a kid yeah. which, you know when and when you are in a wheelchair that is like a massively clunky big heavy thing and you've got a fringe <laughs> that yeah, makes yeah. and I was obsessed with this pair I had a pair of le- rainbow leggings which was stripy <laughs> Which, looking back now, I thought I looked like the bee's knees in them, but I did not look like the bee's knees in them. And, and I got a really thick bottle bottom glasses. It's uh, a wonder I uh, ever really made any friends, to be honest. But yes, I wouldn't worry about it. Everybody, everybody in the 90s was a bit, like, odd looking. Yeah, and I think I think the joy of, you know, part, like, the joy, part of the reason that... Um, you know, I know Louise because we were in a class together at uni and I think part of the reason me and Louise were kind of drawn to each other was because we were both like, and I, I, Louise has commented on being surprised by it because she's sort of, I come across as being very confident, but we were both those weird, awkward kids at school mm. and, uh, you know, who didn't really, and even even in our class that we were in at uni, we, were, we weren't the popular kids. Mm. Like, I might have been the loud one, but it doesn't mean that people liked me. Mm. Uh, you know, we were slightly different in our music tastes and our fashion tastes and stuff like that. And it is, I think it's, that's really hard when you're a teenager to feel different. Mm. But I do think it is one of the, like, the great things that brings adults together is that awkwardness that you kind of recognise. You're like, oh, you didn't have any friends at school either. Let's oh. be friends now. I know, yeah. They're all coming out of the woodwork now on Facebook. Yeah. We said this a few weeks ago. Did you even know who I was at school? <laughs> didn't even have a name. We've- we said this a few weeks ago, didn't we, Alice, that now, now we've got a podcast. Uh, specifically uh, me I've got people coming out of the woodwork who I don't really wish to speak to but they're like oh can you come on your podcast please I'm like yeah yeah no <laughs> it's it's the beauty I think of having changed like getting married and changed my name is that people can't search for me anymore <laughs> just be like oh there she, there she is I used to go to school with her it's like no <laughs> no. completely different person now thank yeah. you I know there's only a handful of people that I speak to from school these days and I mean like two or three um the rest of them uh I'm not really interested in you know I go to school unions and I'm like you're still living like it's 1995 and um yeah it just makes me feel a bit weird really so we don't yeah I've said anymore. Just have a reunion at our school that'd be weird <laughs> <laughs> Me and Louise are so different now. Yeah. And the little shy girls at school, and now we're like, yeah, Louise is successful in doing what she's doing, and I 
done well yourself, You've done really well, Gemma. So really like well. You've, you've done that a couple of times where you've been a bit like, oh, well, but like <laughs> you've smashed it. Like some mm. of the races and some of the times and stuff that you've done, mm. like this, it's impressive. Mm. Yeah, I'm still one of those that, yeah, I should have done more really. Should have got to the Olympics, but it's not my fault. Cross country wasn't in the Olympics. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, and, but, um, you know, yeah, that's my only option. I wasn't cut out for that in the end. So, yeah, you still feel a bit like a failure in some ways, but. Then again, you just think, well, I didn't expect to even come this far. So, Gemma, just because you didn't get any Olympics does not make you a failure. <laughs> no, really. no there not... are lots of people, like in the grand scheme of the population, the number yeah. of people that don't make it into the Olympics, you're still better than like 98% <laughs> of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, there's still hope for me, yeah. Well, and, and now that you've got your diagnosis and you've got an understanding of what your needs are, you're in a much better place to be able to go, well, you know, if this is what I want to do, this is what you people have to do to support me to get there. Because you're doing you're doing your bit. You're bringing, you know, the stamina and the speed. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's other people that need to make it accessible for you. It's, yeah. it That's where a because... coach comes in, isn't it? That's where yeah. they have to adapt to my needs and... Yeah, absolutely. Give me a bit more encouragement as well, because I didn't have a lot of encouragement from my last coach, to be honest. They had quite a lot of expectations for me, and um, they didn't really praise me as much as they should have done for what I'd achieved. Um, and I felt a bit like, mm, what, what more well, can I do? Well, you know, it, it's, finding, it's finding a coach that understands you and understands mm. your condition as well. You know, but, you mm. know, finding somebody who can understand the reason why Gemma can't do x y and z is because of you know this reason and yeah. once you once you find somebody who can understand you i think that's like any in any walk of life finding friends relationships find somebody that understands you and goes yeah no i get it yeah <laughs> it, makes, it makes life so much easier um yeah. and even just round, simple things it? like oh i'm doing laps around the track which i find quite daunting Mm, like yeah. just someone being there to take pictures of me while I'm running, <laughs> just yeah. instant feedback, you know. Yeah. Or try and get me to maintain my form while I'm running. Or, yeah. Oh, I've got some evidence of this session, you know, sense of achievement when I've finished. I can yeah. look back at the yeah. picture. Just yeah. that, just a little thing like that would, you know, inspire me or motivate me. But no one actually picked up on that. <laughs> like my coaching. I mean, do you think? Yeah that you'd like to take you know your experience of not having had the right support from coaches you know mm. would you ever imagine sort of foresee yourself going out and providing that support for other people could you see yourself mm. doing coaching and you know being that person for other people because you understand or do you not is that not something you have any interest in yeah, I'd like to help younger people because, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I get on with people that are younger than me or older mm. than me. I don't get on with people my own age as well. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, um, I think that's a few experience. I tend to get on really well with but, like, older people, more than mm. and, yeah, probably 50, 50, 60-year-olds, <laughs> which is weird. But, yeah, and, and younger people, kids as well. I don't find intimidate as intimidating. So. Yeah. Um, I think you'd yeah. be a great coach, if I'm honest. From mm. what I've, 
well, from what I've heard of you today, Gemma, I think you would be an absolutely fantastic coach that could would be the supporting influence that you maybe have been so lacking in mm. you know, before. You, you can take that horrible experience of not having the supportive network around you whilst you were running and, mm. and turn that into a positive and say, well, I, that wasn't there for me when I was doing this but I will be there doing giving you giving whoever I'm coaching that support and I think you'd be absolutely fantastic at it yeah yeah it's just finding a job that fits yeah like Asperger's people that I've recommended mm. they would be make good coaches because it's just yeah. one-on-one isn't it like you don't have to deal with emotions and things like that you're just there yeah. you know it's quite well I'm not saying it's easy but you're standing there just being supportive really with a stopwatch you've got to be there just yeah <laughs> giving advice you don't have to shout at people and um, I mean, i've got this image stereotype in my head that yeah as a coach you have to shout at people and boss them about but no. i don't think that works well does it really as a coach sometimes. well i think you've got the experience to sort of be able to go well actually you know what what does work what makes a good coach because mm. it sounds like you've had some not good coaches mm. and you've been able to kind of sit there and go well actually you know what would be better it would be if you did it this way mm. well my coach was in um i went out to doha so she- I mean, I just got texted my information. I didn't have a coach there, just standing there watching me do yeah. sessions. I did it all on my own, basically. Yeah. <laughs> was, I did it the hard way, put it that way. But yeah, I had no choice, really. Um, in some ways, I didn't really like someone standing there watching me, telling me what to do. Mm. <laughs> a bit awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I found that quite, yeah, uh, yeah, intimidating, yeah. having someone yeah. there. Um, and even when I did have a coach there, I'd, they'd say, well, we just zone out anyway. And when they were shouting me on, I'd just, like, carry on. <laughs> I wouldn't like to <laughs> They weren't even there, sort of thing. So, yeah, I think they sort of gave up with me. <laughs> Not gave up with me, but, you know, you'd find me, found me hard work um, with the communication because it is a lot yeah. of that communication with coaches. So what what are you doing now? What's your kind of? Are you still running? Are you running competitively at all? Um, I'm still trying to build it back up. I've had a bit of a month off because uh, obviously I've had family issues. And, yeah. Uh, and my mum um, committed suicide not too well a year ago. Um, Eighteen months or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. So I've had a lot of trauma that I've not processed really with that. Um, and I've not given myself a chance to. I don't know if there's any PTSD there. Like I've not really, you know, I don't know if it's there or not. Really, it might be contributing to me ADHD because like, <laughs> I do have lapses in. Yeah, so yeah, it's been very sad. But I've mm. always got running as a coping mechanism or anything to to deal with that and uh, yeah. take a step back from from the pressure of competing on the world stage. But, you know, Great Britain. The last time I ran for Great Britain was back in 2018 when I was okay. in the Commonwealth Games when we won the bronze medal in, okay. in October. Wow. And yeah, even then I was having an anxiety attack then <laughs> before the race. And I was like, literally, like, they were thinking about pulling me out of the team because um, I had a panic attack and I was like, crying. And, yeah, I didn't really want to go through with it. 
Um, yeah, that's hard because uh, of the pressure from the coach <clears throat> mm. a lot of it. Um, but yeah, I won the bronze medal, so I was happy that I went through with it in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah, it's that, that though, that stress to actually think, well, what else could go wrong? <laughs> you know, I'm, I've gone through all the bad emotions. You know, mm. yeah, you know, just give it a go. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not on a tangent there, but no, no, no. <laughs> talking about. <laughs> you were just sort of talking about what you're doing now, and you said you're building back up after losing your mum and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've been writing a book as well. I've been doing a oh. um, bit of a life story. <clears throat> um, it's helped me. It's been therapeutic for me. Yeah, just um, I've been looking into university courses, but. Yeah, not not actually decided what I'd want to do with that yet. Yeah. Probably move back well, to when I'm forty now. <laughs> the back again. Um, I'm a veteran now as well, I'm thirty five vet, so um, yeah, so I'll be able to go into like veteran competitions like World Masters things. Um I know it might be some might might seem a bit of a cop out, but <laughs> I don't know, it's just what I enjoy, you know, if I enjoy it or not, um, you know, I could going to be a world champion at my age group mm. if, if I was successful because <laughs> we need to know what the times are that I don't have to run really but that would be a good achievement and um, I hope this the book that I'm writing can send that message across because if there's anything that would be yeah give me more pleasure would be to help people and and to show them what they can achieve despite what you know the setbacks and everything because yeah I've been through it all so yeah Mm. Get to the bottom, literally, and got to the top. So, yeah, it just shows you what's possible, really. Yeah. Even though I've not been able to hold down a proper job, I still, I still see that as. I mean, people think of success in different ways, don't they? Sometimes yeah. I think exactly. I wish I could yeah. hold down a proper job, you know, but I probably wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Running's been my um, saviour, really, in a way. Um, you know, I couldn't hold down a pop job. I'm pretty sure I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to two people who have decided to set up a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, we know about like trying to find success outside of your quote unquote proper job. Yeah, people are like, oh, so what else do you do apart from running? And I'm like, yeah, that is my job. <laughs> yeah. People don't, and, people don't and, believe me. Um, they just think, oh, it seems like a side thing that I do but no I've actually been able to make a good living at it and yeah I was gonna say even have a job so yeah yeah Yeah. and to be honest if running is you know if you can turn your passion into your actual job then you're winning at life absolutely Mm. yeah if people want (laughs) to start paying me and Lucy to do this which you know just just a polite (laughs) reminder go go to our GoFundMe guys head over to our website donate to our GoFundMe because me and Lucy would like to be able to just do this I know, yeah. and um, we're also available for adverts and voiceover work <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know but this is the thing i used to do running just for fun you know yeah. i didn't want to be paid for i mean i just used to like winning trophies I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> if i wanted to earn a lot of money i wouldn't be in running <laughs> so still working on the book book's not ready 
no do you have any idea or is it just a kind of you're working on it and I'm work, it comes I'm comes. working on it um I'm probably three quarters of the way through it now um, mm. but yeah it's I do get distracted a lot and lose my focus with it a lot but <laughs> yeah and it might need to get Louise to reread it and you know <laughs> get her to say it's good and yeah I should carry on with it because you doubt. need an editor. You need an editor like ours. Because <laughs> I doubt. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I sometimes think, oh, it's not interesting. But yeah, I need, <laughs> I need that reinforcement really to, to carry on with it. Yeah. Positive yeah. reinforcement. Motivate me a bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think if it's you know you cover half of what you talked about here, and you've you know you've been we've touched on some really personal stuff and you've been really open and really like honest about it. I think people, mm. that's what people find interesting. And I think that's Absolutely. what means the most to people, you mm. know, is, is knowing that it's not just them who's going through these things, who's finding certain things difficult, mm. you know, to know that somebody who could have been in the Olympics mm. has also had problems with like depression and mental health is going to make some people think, God, so it's, you know, you don't, it, it just because I have these problems it doesn't mean that I I can't achieve great things and I can't do things it's because even somebody who's achieved this much and done this much yeah. has them yeah well I think if you have got things like issues I think sometimes it can make you more determined make you more mm. driven if, if my life was easy I don't think I'd have ended up being a runner I think I'd have just been <laughs> probably a normal person in a normal job so mm. yeah, it's shaped the way that I am really. And um, yeah. I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in, you know, my disability is n nothing. I mean, it hinders me physically sometimes, but in terms of my determination, it's it's probably spurred me on and given me a bit of rocket fuel to get, you know, get to where I'm because I I am so bloody minded and so determined that I'm going I'm going to do this. I'm going to do yeah. whether it kills me. Um, yeah. And I, I think that is purely down to my disability. And it, like you say, if my life was easier, I mm. don't think it would be. I don't think I would have as, so many weird stories to tell Alice every other, every no. other week. No. Um, yeah. You know, makes yeah. us interested at dinner parties, doesn't it? Well, yeah, definitely. Losing both my shoes as well. I always use that one. <laughs> I lost, lost both my shoes in a cross-country race and carried on. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just Sorry, just things like that, really, that you think. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, like, halfway through the race, or were yeah, you near the end? I was, um, yeah, about a mile mile into it, I lost one. And then about a couple of miles into it, I lost the other. And then, yeah, I had three miles to run. <laughs> in the, just in your stock? In the mud, yeah, in the mud. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God. So I was like, mm. I just went into, like, tunnel vision, just, like, zoned out and just, yeah, pretended. didn't even realise you'd lost it. Well, I did, but I just pretended it didn't happen. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, get, you, you go into that thing, oh, this can't be happening to me, you know. <laughs> I'm just carrying on, but yeah, I, I just did it. Yeah, but I've got to keep... Oh, oh, and where did you place in the race? Third. <laughs> <laughs> Third without yeah. the shoes on. Yeah. 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 There she is, there's Jeremy. Yeah, but I'm not that good though, because I didn't qualify for the Olympics. And this woman who cares a race with no shoes. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever want to hear you say I'm not good enough again because you finished a race with no shoes on, Gemma. It's ridiculous. I know. Forget marathons. 
But yeah, I'm thinking about doing a few things with barefoot and trying to do a few runs with bare feet for charity. Oh, wow. <laughs> to raise mental health awareness or something. People might thought you think I've lost the plot <laughs> when I can see running around with shoes on, but I think I've passed that yeah. stage now. No, we will definitely do, we'll definitely do some promotion for you if you decide to do a run with no shoes on. Yeah, I think yeah. it's cool. Possibly raise some money to get you some shoes. Oh, I've got plenty <laughs> of shoes, don't worry. I'm tripping, over, <laughs> I'm tripping over them. I've got Nike shoes, New Balance. I've probably got hundreds of pairs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm definitely not sure shoes. <laughs> so, yeah, don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> Fab. Yeah. No, that's been really interesting, Gemma. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to take a minute to just tell people where they can find you on social media and <laughs> yeah, like that? yeah. Um, well, <laughs> my Instagram's not working at the minute, but it's not okay. running soon. Um, Jembo Steel One on Instagram. Uh, once you get the account back, and then Gemma Steel Four on Twitter, um, which I don't use that often, <laughs> so you might not hear a lot from me on there. But yeah, Facebook's <laughs> the main one. And I've just set up a new account on there. Um, yeah, Gemma Steele, Facebook. Fab. And um, I know you did, you've done some, uh, you and Louise have done some children's books and stuff together. Oh, did yeah, you want to yeah. plug those? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully going to get some um, done in hardback soon. And yeah, looking to venture into expanding on that. And you now I've got a bit more time from my running yeah to, to branch out a bit with those and um, promote them a bit more yeah yeah one's called chicken dog the best seller <laughs> yeah <laughs> spots versus stripes that's the one i did myself but with help from andrew obviously to print it out and yeah clown dog and ziggy the zebra which was the original so yeah yeah they're quite big in america they're quite big in america apparently <laughs> Spots versus Stripes was an inspired one while I was while I won the beach to be in America and the Americans were quite interested in that one. It was all on the news and, and that so yeah, I got a bit of promotion out there for that. Yeah, I never really never really like jumped on it or so yeah, I'm gonna quite diverse career you've had Gemma it's been really cool having you on thank yeah, you so yeah, much for your time Gemma yeah I'd love to yeah. go on Strictly as well that's my main ambition <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I like the ballroom and the yeah yeah yeah, yeah putting it out there into yeah. the universe yeah. we're basically Gemma's, Gemma's agents now yeah with real, <laughs> real, 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 real. Okay, does that mean we get a commission because I'll take that <laughs> yeah yeah I know <laughs> Yeah, I'll, be, um... I'll get on the phone to Claudia Winkleman now. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, do you? Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Gemma. Gemma, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening to the Labelled Podcast. If you like the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You can follow us on social media at Labelled Podcast. Our thanks go to our editor, Adam Hall, our music composer, Maisie Crunden, and our graphic designer, Sarah Coney. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.